Are you itching for a career change, but struggling to figure out that next chapter? Do you love reading and the creative process? By now, you've probably heard us talk about book coaching, how much we love being coached, and how much I loved my coach training. Book coaches help writers bring their dreams to life through support, feedback, project management, and accountability at every step of the book writing and publishing process. Author Accelerator's Book Coach Certification Program teaches you the key editorial, project management, organizational, and people skills needed to launch your own thriving book coach business. So, to find out if book coaching is the right career for you, Author Accelerator is launching a new five-day challenge to help you envision your next chapter. In their $99 one-page book coaching business plan, you'll narrow down your business idea, your ideal client, your ideal service, and more. Enrollment opens May 15th and runs through the end of the month. So visit bookcoaches.com backslash podcasts and enter the code podcast at checkout to get 50% off the one-page book coaching business plan challenge, which makes it $49.50 because I can do math and that is a deal. So bookcoaches.com backslash podcasts. Check it out. Is it recording? Now it's recording. Yay. Go ahead. This is the part where I stare blankly at the microphone and try to remember what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, let's start over. Awkward pause. I'm going to wrestle some papers. Okay. Now one, two, three. Hey, I'm KJ Delantonia, and this is the Hashtag Am Writing Podcast, your weekly podcast about writing all the things, short things, long things, pitches, proposals, fiction, nonfiction. This is the podcast about sitting down and getting your work done, although that's kind of not exactly what we're talking about this week. So I'm super excited to be here talking to Dana Bowman, who is not only a writer, but a listener, which is always fun for me. So a brief introduction. Dana is the author of How to Be Perfect Like Me and Bottled Up, A Mom's Guide to Early Recovery. She was also the 2016 recipient of the Kansas Notable Book Award, making her the only podcast guest to share that distinction with me. (laughs) And we are both laughing um, because it is a great award and it comes with a medal and it makes you feel wonderful. But the truth is that there are not that many books that qualify. So it's kind of a... Just books in Kansas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You have to be... A Kansas author and set it in Kansas, or one or the other will do. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But, um, Something in there. My book is in yeah. the Capitol, and every time I drive past the Capitol building, I'm like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's in there. But it's, it's, you know, no, That's I love it. Cool. I have the little metal hanging. I, do I feel like I should wear it places. I have a medal somewhere, but I. You have a yeah. medal. You have a medal. I, I know they wear it for all my podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. A little casual bling. Just, just, I just wear my medal. Um, So, all right. So we are going to talk today about goal fatigue. And in terms of listeners, this is kind of the perfect time to be doing this because it's about mid-year by the time this airs. and it's a great time to sit down and review your goals, but it's also a time when many of us are realizing that we are really overwhelmed um, by our goals or distressed about our goals or no longer interested about our goals or ready to choose a different goal. 
Um, so. Yep. Uh, and how to And I know you're just coming of off them. a writing retreat where you've been reassessing your goals and meeting some of them. So, um, and I've got my goals right here. I was going to pull them out. I was going to reassess them before we met, but I didn't do it. So, um, what you actually suggested this to me as a topic and I was immediately like, yes, absolutely. Let us do this thing. So now I'm interested. What is it about gold fatigue that, um, that you have experienced and maybe you want to yeah, yeah. Okay. talk about it. Well, a little backstory. This all was because of you did a podcast um, that I was listening to about your goals. And in the podcast, and I don't remember which episode, it's the one that I just immediately emailed you about. Um, you sort of were like, I don't want to talk about goals. And I realized that I felt exactly the same way. And it really started me down this path of my last, this whole last couple of years for me has been a very huge journey in terms of my writing. And as a writer, I love goals. I love lists. I love like different colored markers for the for things and all the bullet lists and the little You're boxes. You're speaking our language. Oh, I love them so. I love journals. I love all of it. And I always look at writing as an act of joy and expression. I mean, it's not always joyful, but you know, it's, it's a good gig and I really love it. And then I just felt completely like an imposter that I would look at my list and just be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I am so burnt out. I am so tired of trying to do the thing. And so that took me back to this whole past two years. So I'll try to give you kind of like the quick recap um, for writers who are listening. I'm hoping this is helpful because I really feel like there's some writers out there that are like, yeah, like... I feel the same way. I kind of get this. Um, I'm going to try not to blame it all on COVID <laughs> and menopause. <laughs> like, okay. woo, those two things really hit me hard. But okay, so backstory about 2019, I was on a book tour. No, 2020, sorry, um, for my second book. And book tours are fabulous and they sound so exciting and awesome, um, but they can also be just a complete exercise as an introvert in like horror. Like you're waiting for people to show up at these books so you can sign, you know, like three people show up and one is the mom of the owner of the store. Yeah. And oh, you're just every of... author, no one who hasn't been an author believes that every author has had this story, but I can, oh, you can find the most famous author that you know and yeah. they have sat in a bookstore with no one but the bookseller. It's an exercise um, yeah. in humility and it really was a tough tour for me uh, for some other reasons too. Just there's some depression that was setting in and so the tour just kind of shredded me in terms of um, my focus and I kept thinking the whole time I should be so happy. I should be so excited. It's sort of like when you give birth but then you have postnatal depression, but everyone's telling you how wonderful it is to have a baby. And you're just like, Ugh, I don't know. I feel like, thank goodness, people have stopped doing that. Yeah, I, I well, mean, and I had postpartum. Babies, man, they're really, yeah, even babies, if you don't, babies, babies are really, you, really, man. really hard. <laughs> and tr that transition is really, really hard. And it's really unfair that we used to tell people that they should be super happy. They should be because, super happy and glowy I mean, and, yeah. You can be, yeah. Is there anything that is only happy? No. I have decided because I ruin everything. That's another <laughs> title for my next book. I've decided. I think there's actually a book that's called that where I'm like everything, even when I went to Paris with, I, I write about this in the first book I wrote about how I was in Paris on my, on a trip with my husband and I still managed to suck the joy out of it because it's just one of my tendencies to not really 
be able to be in the moment and enjoy stuff. How to suck the joy out of everything. Oh, there the you go. The Dana Bowman story. By Dana Bowman. <laughs> I'm sure everyone would want to read that. Um, so I was I was struggling. I was having some issues with depression and then all of and writer's block. And I kept thinking, this is the time to start that third book. And I had third book syndrome, which is like worse than second book syndrome, which basically is like, it's got to be really good. And there's the pressure. Um, and then at the same time, I had this whole like the, the social media culture at that time was all about girl boss, hustle, hustle, hustle culture, girl boss, mom boss, anything boss. Mm -hmm. But it was yeah. pink and flowery, like <laughs> girl boss, but really feminine, <laughs> feminine. And, and I just thought, I'm just going to make myself do all this stuff. Like I'm going to set up a website with a business and I'm going to do the girl boss thing and I'm going to make my own way and I'm going to force myself to love writing again. And what I did instead is I did not, I did no writing. I did absolutely all the stuff around the writing, which was marketing and trying to figure out webinars and eBooks. And none of these things are bad. None of these things are bad. Um, but they were not the right answer for me at the time. And I guess I just had to find this out by really screwing it up and doing it badly, which was kind of the MO for my life. Um, I decided that I was, I was like the ugly stepsister that was, you know, going to make that shoe fit. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to control it within an inch of my life. I'm going to make more lists. I'm going to, um, I'm going to try to make more webinars and ebooks. I'm going to try to get more followers. That was a big one for me. Instagram. Yeah. And, so did and, you set goals around yes. these things? Oh, yeah. Instead of the writing goals? Oh, yeah. Or in addition I goaled to? myself out the wazoo and I never wrote yep. anything. And I got farther and farther away from the writing life. I, I planned a whole book proposal for a third book that is absolute garbage but I planned the heck out of it. And then at the same time, I did all these other things that were peripheral that I thought were the way to get me back into the writing life. I looked at them as kind of like, well, this will get me going again. And, mm. and because of that, and because of my, I'm in recovery, I'm sober, I'm sober mom. And because of my all or nothing thinking, I was very much like, I'm gonna just fix all the things and I'm gonna do all of this stuff to quote, make myself equal with these other writers that I was comparing myself to and, and write all the goals. And then even, and that, this is the kicker. Some of you might be thinking, well, then she probably didn't accomplish any of those things. I actually did. And they made me feel worse because I would mm. do them and there was no like, so what? Like you did a webinar about storytelling. Still a really great thing, really yeah. valid and awesome to do. But at the time, none of it was hitting the mark in the sense that it wasn't lighting me up. In fact, it was stressing me out more because every time I would do these things and try to get them done um, at the level that I thought I needed them to be done, I, I would do them and then I would feel just as empty and sad. And I, I, got, I literally got to a point where I felt like I should quit writing altogether. Now, the funny thing is I wasn't really writing. Um, Again, I was doing kind of the dog and pony show around the, mm -hmm. the second book and the second book and the, that whole like marketing business um, kind of pulled me into that. You've got to do it this way. And it's like when I used to do, um, I used to throw pots and do clay work and stuff like that. And if you overwork your clay and you get it too smushy, it won't hold a structure for you at all. You'll, you'll um, have a pot that collapses in the kiln. 
And I had just kind of overworked myself in my writing life to the point of utter like depression. Didn't want to touch, mm-hmm. a, didn't want to write, didn't want to produce, and and felt myself farther and farther away from actually putting pen to paper. And I also remember like um, the concept of journaling was always something that I kind of hated because for me, especially during that time, which is what I should have been doing, I should have just been journaling and maybe relaxing and, and stepping away from goals and taking a breather and allowing myself to relax and breathe <laughs> instead of like perfectionizing it to the point of utter, you know, list haven. Um, I would make lists of lists. Like, do you do that? Like, I, I love lists. I, I would make lists. I do love lists. I can't think of making a list of lists, but maybe because oh, yes. my lists have a table of contents. So I guess oh my that's probably a, a list of lists. I, I don't keep it up, but it seemed like a good It's that. aspirational. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's brilliant. <laughs> now I want to go make a table of contents. Anyhow, so I, I had a point where I was so burnt out and I wouldn't journal anymore. I had shut down, and because for me, in my head, journaling doesn't have any payoff. Like, it just goes in a journal yes. on a shelf. There's a bunch of them back there, but they're not going to get published. Nobody's going to see them. There's no sort of like, and I was in my head, I was like, what's That's the exactly point? why I can't journal or writing prompt, because, yes. because that has no point. There's no payoff. It's not getting me. me anywhere. And I got really into the payoff, which again, isn't bad. I still don't journal, to be honest with you. I, I can't. Um, not that much. I, I journal a tiny bit every morning. That's about it. So all of this to say was a perfect storm because I also did a couple other things that were a little funky sauce. Um, <laughs> about a year after all of this where I shut down and then we also had this little thing called the pandemic and I, and everything got really shut down in my house in terms of just, you know, keeping my kids alive and fed mm-hmm. and watered. And we did that. There was no writing. Um, I got very irritated because, again, I had um, on Instagram, I had the creatives who were like, this is going to be a time for me to really hunker down and write that novel, um, which we all know didn't work for anyone because <laughs> uh, we just had to, like, survive and, and do the pandemic um, It kind of worked for some people. I'm sorry. I'm going to push back. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but it just didn't have to work for everyone. That's yeah. the problem. It's yeah. not that it didn't, I mean... It, yeah, it's it felt, it's not that it didn't work. It's just that it didn't have to work for everyone. And the fact that it worked for one person yeah. didn't have anything to do with what, you know, and the fact that one person mastered their sourdough and, you know, all you mastered was Ted Lasso. That's cool. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it's I fine. I a lot of so, Ted Lasso. Yeah, I had a lot of cupcakes. Um, but I do have to say that that was part of my issues, that I kept looking at this stuff. I mean, I'm I'm an alcoholic in recovery. I know what it's like you're not supposed to compare. You're not supposed to get suckered into saying, I'm going to do what that person is doing. Um, but my list and my goals started, ended, they, they really did kind of transform into, I'm going to match this lifestyle. I'm going to write the novel while the pandemic is occurring. Or I'm going to write the nonfiction memoir about the pandemic with my kids. I don't want to read that book. Like, I, no. I didn't even want to write that book. And I, I didn't, thank God. Um, but... While the, this was happening, I, I found myself um, at an impasse with my publisher that I wrote my first two books with, and I left the publisher. And then I thought, well, then I'll just figure this out on my own, and I'll get an agent, and I'll do this whole process. Nothing. I d- for a full year, 
but I still have. I wish I could show you the list. Nothing is a no response, but or nothing no, is in you just couldn't with it. Yeah, that's I what I thought you list. meant. I just wanted to distinguish. Yes. Yeah. Like, I had the yeah. list of all the things, but did I write? No, I made lists and goals about proposals and things like that, um, about reading a bunch of books so I could understand what was wrong with me and also how I could fix it and also what kind of books I wanted to write. I just had a bunch of goals in place. Like some, some of the examples are extremely valid and great goals. Like, you know, finish your nonfiction proposal by such and such a date. Didn't do it. Um, everything got kind of stuck in this really weird... Um, quandary of list zone, making these goals, then feeling bad about not hitting them, then reworking. I have, I have poster board after poster board with post-it notes on it for the plans to come. And then I left my publisher and I realized, oh my gosh, this whole agent and querying thing is really hard. I, tr I tried it and then I kind of put my toe in yeah. and then it withdrew immediately again. So we're just talking years and I feel like not years, but like a good three years of me. So sort let's, of spinning let's stop out. and sort of look at what that looks like this moment when we're in goal fatigue and it's, it's setting goals that only make you feel bad because you're not meeting them. And it's, it's like making lists to, not support the goals but to just distract you i think yeah a lot of times yeah and and mostly for me making lists that help me feel better about perhaps the wasted time i don't want to say wasted because i don't think anything's wasted this was all right. a learning process for me and it mm -hmm. was basically an exercise in futility where i kept packing on stuff adding stuff when i should have been taking away and i kept mm -hmm. making a lot of goals when what it sounds I, like they're like in all kinds of areas mm -hmm. where you're like yes I if have, i just do oh, this yeah. kind of thing then i'll be like this person and if i do this kind of thing it'll lead to this kind of thing and and um it sounds like you were really lacking either lacking in like a central like this is the core thing that is the most important or you were avoiding the core thing. Yep. Both. I don't know if you couldn't tell what it was or you just were avoiding it. It was both. The goals for me that I had set up were all about all these different aspects. And and true, like there's nothing wrong with playing around. Like I tried, the no. I did a podcast for a year. I loved the podcast. I just don't have time. Um, and then I did like we're looking into writing and webinars. And then I joined the Author Accelerator Program, which is actually great. And I want to continue with it, but it's just not for me right now. So all of these things were like me. I felt kind of like a pinball where I was like, ba-ding, 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 ba-ding. And they realized, okay, so what I realized is they were giving me kind of a payoff initially, sort of a buzz as, as, as the alcoholic. It's the starting buzz, right? Yeah, like, oh, here's buzz. this new, I, I wasn't able to do that last thing. I didn't work out like I planned, but this new thing, I'm going to get this. It'll make I'm going to nail better. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It helped me. It made me like feel like every time I would start something new and, and set up a new goal for myself, it was sort of like that initial hit. And I wasn't allowing myself to sit with anything for very long. Um, I wasn't allowing myself to work on any sort of manuscript of any type. There was no like writing per mm -hmm. se. I was blogging occasionally, but it wasn't consistent like it used to be. <clears throat> I was a very consistent blogger for a long time and I, I loved that practice because it really kept me writing. Um, but I let that go too. And I kept 
just sort of getting away from what the whole mess was all about, which was that Dana was afraid to write again. And mm. Dana was afraid that what she did write wouldn't be good enough and that it wouldn't be something that I had to get, quote, out there. All of my goals, I realized, were hanging on. There was two problems with them. They were all, and, and you guys mentioned this in the podcast at some point, when you have goals that are based on external factors like people that have to validate them in some way, they're not a goal. And that's what my goals were. They were me, like, yeah. going, hi, like, see me, see me, please see me, and please validate me. And my goals were not, they didn't have an internal locus of control at all. They were all based on outward affection or validation. Yeah. The really hard thing about that for writers who wish to or prefer to be traditionally published is that you have to have the goal that is controlled by other people. Um, and that that decision between independently publishing and, and traditionally publishing, there are reasons to do it either way. But if traditional publishing is your goal, and I guess I'm using goal in a different sense here, you can't do it without the other people. So you can you have to measure yourself by things you can do. But in the end, they're going to measure it's you. It's a lovely, yes. And you, it's a terrible, terrible, at least in it's our moment. Act. Yeah, Constant. and in our moment of, um, in this, in the, the 2020s, letting your self-worth depend on other people is not a thing that is okay. And yet, for almost all of us to yeah. succeed in a way that is going to give you some external rewards, which often are necessary for eating, uh -huh. um, yeah. you have to please and work for and, and accept that. So, yeah, this balance, balance yeah. between... I mean, because, yeah, you're right. On the podcast, we talk all the time about not setting only, uh, goals that can only be met by other, other people. But um, yeah, you're, you're but sending you, your it's important to accept yeah. that other, yeah, that other piece is there. I mean, that is what we want. It's just that you don't, I think what we are, have been trying to accept is that you can't, you can't get to the other piece I unless you do the stuff yourself. Well, so, and I had skipped yeah. the middle step. In fact, that was the whole problem is that now actually, fast forward, now I am in a place where I am querying, I'm looking, I'm doing all that. In fact, it's just, funny right before we started this podcast I got another rejection I was so like bummed because I was like oh, I just wanted to be able to tell her like I got an email that was interested I haven't gotten all rejections I've got some interest but it's it's a process right and it hurts it hurts it takes a moment it's a process I, mean, I told we my could, husband we could totally talk about that but yeah. I always tell people if you haven't talked to 40 agents I don't want to hear that you can't find an agent no. And 40 is even not enough, but i that's no, my like minimum hundreds, for us even like having a, yeah. this conversation. But it's yeah. going to be like every time it's going to hurt a little bit. I remember I told oh, my yeah. husband, I'm like, I got another rejection. And then he's like, pats me on the shoulder and goes, it'll be okay. And I put it in my rejection file and then moved on. But I did some of the work that finally needed to be done in terms of my goals and goal making and understanding my fatigue. Let me get back to that because I, I feel like I'm doing this thing where I... I'm on like heavy cold medication, people. I'm sorry. It's what, it is what it is. But um, I feel like I got fatigued also because, again, like I was hanging my goals on this validation and I didn't know how to, to deal with, you know, love me, love my work, and I don't know how to produce otherwise. Because I really had it good with 
my publisher, they contacted me. I never had to query. Mm. They just came to me out of the blue and said, will you write a book for us? And when, actually, will you write two books for us? So I had it really good. And then I realized... Um, so that, really, it was probably coming out of that. I mean, let oh, yeah. us not... Big let funk. us not And then walking away from it, like voluntarily yeah. walking away for, for a series of reasons and, and deciding that I was going to do my own thing. It was it was terrifying, and I wasn't really doing any sort of goals in terms of my own, just like production and work. I needed to get back into the place where I was writing regularly every day, and I kept avoiding it, and that was itching at me. In fact, Stephen King has this great quote about how if you don't, if you're a creator and you don't create, it's going to come out in other ways. Like if mm. you're if you're a blocked creator and you're blocking yourself, that's going to come out in other stuff. And, and in behaviors and in thought patterns that will leak out and, and probably not be very healthy. Um, thus, Stephen King and I are both addicts. I find that funny that, that we might have both had this sort of the same issues with um, feeling like block creators for a while. But at any rate, when I, when I finally did get to the place where I realized, you know, this is happening and this keeps happening and you're actually asking yourself if you should quit writing, which is something you have done since you were eight, you've been a writer. That's not the answer. Like, cause I would be all or nothing. I'd be like, well then just forget it. I'm just gonna stop yeah. all of this and I'm not gonna do any of it anymore. And I was like, well, what's the answer? Where do we start? And the thing that I just kept coming back to was the concept of rest. And then finally saying, and this is gonna sound a little woo woo, but I looked at my writing as something that I did and do and control with and like can fix and manipulate. And then I was like, well, what is the writing saying? Like my writing life is a life. It's a life and it needs to have its space and say what it wants. I and mean, I know that sounds crazy, but I finally got to a place where I was like, what does the writing want to do? Like, what does it want? And it said, it wants to write a novel, which I hadn't ever done, and it wanted to switch from memoir to, to fiction, for one, and it also mm. wanted to... Just... Nobody's asked you to do that. Oh, boy, yeah, no, it's a whole different world. No one ever does. It's a whole new world. <laughs> um, and yeah. then also it wanted to write, and every day pursue writing, but no, like, worrying about word count, no... Um, it just wanted to write. It just said, look, I just, I just want to read good stuff and then write good stuff. And I don't want any parameters or like, um, I don't want uh, boundaries associated. I want to play. I want to play. So, so what can we say to listeners that are finding themselves in this moment of, of goal fatigue and maybe oh, yeah. identifying yeah. here who are, are hearing you and going, oh my gosh, that's where I am. Yes. Um, what are some things that people could do I to, did, to yeah. move? I got very, and I, I've, I've written and spoken about this before. I decided to get very curious about myself. And I just said, I'm going to get curious about myself and what it is that, that I like. And, and I, first of all, I set up, and this, again, there's no like real like list of things you can do to help fix this. But I'll tell you what I did. Um, that's that's a list. The top ten reasons how you can fix your life in five minutes. No, um, your writing life. But I'll if, make that if, the title. if you're a little burnout on your goals and making lists and feeling like you're just sort of spinning out, um, what I did is I started to get curious about what was working and what wasn't. And I I started looking. I like to 
do stuff with brain and brain research and creatives and all that. And I learned this thing called nudge theory and I love it. And nudge theory is basically putting um, things in place in your life in a really gentle way that just nudges you towards trying things. But it's never like a big problem if you decide, eh, not for me. Like I, I had always felt like if I had a goal and I went, eh, not for me after a while, it was a huge failure. Like, um, mm. like letting go of my podcast after a year, I was like, I'm a failure. This is bad. Um, John Acuff writes about that. I don't know if you are familiar with him. I have read Start and Finish. Yes. <laughs> yes, He's absolutely. the same in the sense that he's like, if I drop something, I'm a huge failure. And then he talked about doing YouTube and then dropping it and found out that it was actually good that he did that. And we had a whole a lovely guest, Becky Blades, who wrote a book called yes. Start More Than You Can Finish. Yes. Um, she was on the podcast recently. And yeah, she was just very much about like, a don't, do not... The, yeah, just try do not make those something. failures. Just try. But yeah. this is weird, though, because what I'm saying is kind of sounding like what I was doing before where I was trying all these different things. No, I'm talking about trying stuff that was a little bit out of my comfort zone and a little, uh-huh. like, different from before. So here's what I did. One, I started a writing practice again, and I forced myself to do it every day, which you would think that shouldn't be new or different. I'm like, uh-huh, I hadn't written consistently every day, like, writing for so long and so I just journaled and I, I kind of hated it <laughs> and I forced myself to do it and, and I found that giving myself that space to just write and go this is going nowhere but that's what sort of formulated that novel okay so it's where I got the idea for the novel then I started a job at a library and that was one of the best things that I could have done for my writing career because it had absolutely four hours a day I go and I shelf books by the way I almost messaged you but then I thought that's a little too fanny but I we're getting your new book and I was shelving chicken sisters the other day and I'm like I know the author it's so (laughs) weird so it's cool when you shelve your own books like my books are there and every once in a while I'll shelve them and be like who read this and why and you know all that anyhow um that environment what I'm saying is the nudge for me was get into an environment where you have yes. creative zones and people that are of the, I like, I just like to talk about books with people. We constantly are just talking with each other and the readers about books. So I did that. Okay. Um, I also started carrying a notebook with me everywhere again, and I decided to be very gentle with it, but I wanted to start using the notebook as a place to write down some ideas. And again, these are not new practices. These are things that have been around forever. Anne Lamott talks about the notebook and how important it is. But I had left that behind because I was so interested in doing ebooks. you know, like, I don't know. I left, I left the practice of writing behind and the grace and the beauty of it and and writing poetry i started writing poetry again something that i do badly and and yet love <laughs> and then i did stand up and i started it and it oh and it was very organic and almost like kismet the more things i would do like nudge theory says here's nudge theory you put a bowl of fruit at eye level but you don't take away the candy and the cupcakes. Like you just, you just present yourself with beauty and color and you keep it in your life. And I just started to do these little nudgy things that I knew worked and that I had, I started reading, I read A Secret Garden again. I, I went back to the books that I loved. I read Black Beauty again. Um, and I went on a short writer's retreat. I took myself away 
and went and lived in a tiny house. <laughs> and it was adorable. It was really tiny, though. <laughs> you know what? We know the thing about tiny houses is that they're tiny. And I got a little claustrophobic. Um, <laughs> but I did all these things. And the more I did them, the more they started happening. Like opportunities. Uh -huh. It's not strange. No, I don't think so. Um, and I kept getting these little resets, these little brain creative resets. Um, here's a really weird one. I started dressing more like I wanted to dress. Like I, I thrift a lot and I like color and I do weird stuff with my clothes that my kids say is embarrassing and I don't care. And I started really trying to access in fact, here's the best compliment I got. A kid came up and checked out a book from me in the library, and she said something about how she thought I was an art teacher. And I was like, Aww. I'm not an art teacher. I'm just, I, I teach writing at the college and I work here. And she's like, oh, I just thought you were an art teacher because you dress like, you know, Miss Frizzle or whatever. And <laughs> that's great. Yeah, you know, those little moments were what healed my writing life and pulled together some tendons that had been pulled apart by the half twos in the list. I made no lists. I didn't touch my lists. Um, in fact, they're gone and we just had a big huge kitchen remodel and I think my notebook that had all my id is gone and I was sort of freaked out because I'm like there was some good stuff in there but it's almost like it was on purpose because I get to just start new. And I right. have, I have, like I now have two book proposals. I'm working on chapter 10 in the novel and I am, and it started moving again. Does that make sense? So yeah. really I'm just saying like, take a break and make yourself, forgive yourself for as a writer, we always think that we have to love writing and do it all the time. And I know we, we Bradbury tells us 10 pages or three pages, I don't remember how many he said, Writers tell each other, you got to write every day. Get your butt in the chair, right? Right? Sorry, but it's true. We, we tell each no, other. Yeah, I mean, I, we, Serena we, might. I know Jess doesn't write every day. I don't write every day. Yeah. It depends on what, it depends on what phase I'm in. You got to let right. yourself have phases. There yeah. will be times when we're yeah. producing like crazy, but I think the thing is that even if we are or aren't, there's no good or bad here. But the main <laughs> thing is that we, we need to allow ourselves to, to not feel guilt about what our writing life looks like and to also make sure that we don't feel like it should be something. It's just it's just what's going to be personal for each person on their journey. And mine involved a whole heck of a lot of time sort of spinning out and spinning my wheels and going through some major, what I would look back on as wrong ideas, bad ideas, in terms of I'm not a hustler, I'm not a mom boss, I'm not gonna have an entrepreneurial, I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. And so, it, all of those attempts to try to be that person kind of um, they weren't wasted time they certainly taught me a lot yeah so that's it yeah be the writer you are I mean you know it's yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's, it's not a like surprising a... how long it takes all of it no it's a stunning how long it takes all of us to come to that I think well and it is really goofy how at 52 years old you can come to this realization and be like you're such a dummy like why did you let yourself go through that and I think it it we all do it if yeah, we... I think that itself is unfair we are evolving creatures and yeah I, 
you know, it, there may be people out there who knew exactly who they were at age 20 and stayed that person for the rest of their lives. I don't actually know of any of them. Um, and I don't know that the ones I do know are, are as happy as the ones that if that changed. Well, and your writing goals can change. Like you don't have yeah. to say, I'm going to be a book author anymore. Like you could change and maybe you're going to be the one that's like, I want to be the entrepreneur now. I want to shift and do this. But I've always thought that I shouldn't like, or I've always thought that I should never um, non-traditionally publish. Like, no, no, right. no, no. And if your goals are all about forcing something into a shoe that doesn't fit your foot, then where are you going with this? It's just going to be painful for everyone involved. Um, I really like, I like the idea of momentum with writing. I always like the fact that I've been a, I'm proud of saying I've been a writer since I was eight, but um, I would have to say that momentum isn't necessarily like this. It's growing every day. It could also has ebbs and flows and that's pretty much normal for anybody's life in any capacity. I mean, marriages go through, this why shouldn't a writing life it's a relationship you have a relationship with that writing existence so yeah i I love it so that's i mean that's that's the thing we 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 have to sometimes take a step back try to figure out whether the goals in the list we're making are the goals and lists that are that we want that we want to make whether we're going the right direction, all all the things. Um, and I loved talking about it with you. Yeah, so thanks. thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, not, now we're going to stay. Just take a second. Just take a second. Pause. And then um, let's come back and talk about what we've been reading. Writers, you may think you know Serena Bowen. But have you seen her in action Do you get her emails, every one of which is a tight little package of joy custom made for her readers? Or follow her on Instagram or TikTok as at Serena Bowen, where you can watch her show up with even more perfect little morsels of marketing and will almost certainly end up finding a book that you'll love. If you don't, you should. Get all the links at serenabowen.com. Go ahead. We'll wait. Okay, I always love to start with you. Uh, what have you been reading? I know you have something you told yes, me. Yes, I love this part because this is always when I go and write down the names of the books that people talk about. Like I got Carrie Soto is back because of you guys. <laughs> I got into all of those. Um, I'm reading Vacation Land and I have it right here. It's by Meg Mitchell-Moore and I love it. It's so good. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It has kind of a recovery story in it and, and it's one of those books that's it's like Remarkably Bright Creatures, which I think is probably my favorite book ever um it has all these different people and it goes through each like what's going on with them and it's very very good and then I'm also have to read but I haven't let me get it um the perfectionist guide to losing control because oh yeah have you read it I have not but I love I like that author I like her as a person I like her on social media um, yeah. Well, and I, I wrote a book about perfectionism and then it basically, um, I blew it all out of the water. Like, I guess I didn't really mention that. My second book had all this stuff in it about how I was tackling perfectionism. Oh, I saw the irony. I mean, I had said what your book was and then you were like, after my second book, I it was like, like the whole second book is, 
Hello, I've fixed my problem with perfectionism. And you then you sailed off into... I'm going to just yeah. go back in and say, um, oopsies. And I have learned <laughs> that it's forgivable to do that. There's a lot of authors who actually come back into it and say later, like, no, this is still a process and I'm still working on this. And I'm like, thank God, because, you know... Yeah, it's, it's a, a memoir. I, I think it's a memoir nonfiction thing and... and uh, yeah, you know, the, you have to have an arc to your memoir. You have to start at one place and come out in another. And then go ta-da um, at the end. And, yeah, yeah, I got better, but <laughs> I mean, better unless now. you die, which is not the ending to any of our memoirs that we want. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's there's just more to it than that. Well, I, I was trying to think what what that I have been reading. Do I want? Do I want to share? Um, hmm. She has a lot what, of books. What's, what's in keeping with this? It's in keeping with this episode. Have you read the new Gretchen Rubin? Or no, it's not. It's not new at all. It's the Four Tendencies. That was something else I was. Oh, I love the Four Tendencies. Okay, good. Her newest one is called the Five Senses. Oh. I don't know what sixth. What's what sixth? I guess next she could write about the sixth sense. I have to tell her like, okay, you did the Four Tendencies and the Five Senses. Now you have to do the six, the six secrets. I don't know the six secrets to something. Um, yeah, I, I I love that, and I I ordered. The five senses, but it hasn't come yet as we are recording. By the time people hear this, I am sure that I will have read it. Um, so now I, I was thinking, I was just trying, I think what I'm going to just call out is The Society of Shame by um, Jane Roper. Um, and it's a novel and I'm calling it out because it's definitely about people thinking they want things that they don't want. It's actually really about people who get publicly shamed. Like it's, it's not, it's not on these, this at all, but people who either a do something and happen to be recorded that's unfortunate or just have a thing happen to them. And then they become sort of infamous. And then there's a society around like sort of how you use that to become like to move on with your life. And ultimately the protagonist realizes actually is in keeping with our our discussion because the protagonist realizes that the thing that she's chasing as a result of the the embarrassing grand incident that happens to her isn't what she wants at all. So it's very much a book about um, thinking you want one thing and getting another. And so it is on theme. By the other thing, Yay yeah. me. Yay I need me. to read that because I have a I have an un, I have a horrible fear secretly that someday someone's going to film me doing something horrible and then I'm going to go viral <laughs> for that. That's always been something I've been afraid of. Well, then this this will so prepare there you. Go. Ah. All right. Okay, well, cool. this was fantastic. I want to thank you for reaching out. Thank you for doing this with me. And um, we're going to have, uh, we had a good time. Yep. So listeners, all things Dana are, of course, in the show notes, including, including her Kansas Notable Book Award winning <laughs> first book, Bottled Up, A Mom's Guide to Early Recovery. Um, and she will keep us posted on what comes next in the transition. So thanks. Even though we have agreed you don't have to write every day, I'm still going to say, because you could at least keep your head in the game. Yes. And if it's that time, your butt in the chair. The Hashtag AmWriting podcast is produced by Andrew Perella. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work.
Save. Pause. Stop. Stop. Thank you.